Nikki Jensen. And it's Brie Picconi. And we're Late, Late to, to the, the Party, a weekly podcast about film, fashion, and pop culture. Yeah. Hey, Nick. Hey, Brie. How's it going? It's going good. How are you? I am good. I, I'm just like down the euphoria rabbit hole. I'm not going to lie. I know we're just at the top right now, but I just have to say that because this whole episode is about euphoria, but, but I'm still in this mindset. I know what you mean. Um, we watched the finale last night Mm -hmm. and we'll talk about that, but, um, yeah, we're going to actually talk about Euphoria today and then go and do a deep dive on, um, Euphoria season two finale. Yeah. So first off though. Yeah. Spoilers (laughs) for anyone who is listening and hasn't seen the finale or Euphoria at all. Mm. You know? True. That's good to... However, I'm someone that's okay with spoilers. So if you're okay with spoilers, like, come on, like, like, listen to us. We'll, like, live a little. Live a little, you know? Yeah. Who needs to be surprised? Well, you know how I feel about spoilers. How do you feel about spoilers, Bray? I hate spoilers. What? I had a friend who spoiled the last um, chapter of the, like, the final Harry Potter book for me. It was so mean. I was like, no, please don't read it out loud. And then they were like, yeah, this character died. No, it wasn't you. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I probably would have told you by now, you know, but um, if I just broke your heart, yeah, my heart was broken that day. So, so was she just like straight up? She's like, yeah, Fred dies, and I was like, what? <laughs> and I was like, fuck you. I mean, I didn't say that, but that's how I felt. And see, I'm the person who, okay, I love a good surprise. Don't get me wrong. And actually, for Euphoria, which I'll talk about in a second, or no, we'll talk about it now. Okay, so. Because this kind of proves my point. Yeah. So yesterday at nine o'clock, mm-hmm. I like got into bed and I was like, it's euphoria time. Yeah. And like I popped open my laptop and it was like the site. It was like can't connect because so many people were on the server trying to access euphoria. Mm-hmm. And then my boyfriend was like, oh, put it on the TV. So I put it on the TV. Same thing. And I'd go back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. And finally on TV, HBO Max worked. Mm. But you know what the fucked up thing was? What? Okay, so it played the episode without visuals. So it was just the audio what? of the beginning Fez and Ashtray situation. <laughs> and I was like, oh my god, I don't want spoilers. It's no. the first time that I did not want spoilers. So you know I must love this show. Wow. Yeah, that's a big deal. I know. Dang. I'm glad it finally got up and working because I got that text from you too. You're like, are you watching? Is it working? And Because it, it took a minute for mine to work yeah. too, but I was like so excited when it finally loaded. I know. It was It was like a sigh of relief and the episode was so good. So. So good. Like I'm still thinking about it. I'll probably be thinking about it in like a week from now, you know, just. Yeah. I feel like it was a big one. Well, and okay, to just uh, wrap up with a neat bow your Harry Potter story. Uh-huh. I am the person, though, that I went midnight to get the final book. Uh-huh. Read a couple chapters, was like, no, this is too late. I need to know what happens. I went to the last chapter, found out what happened. Oh, man. Boom. <laughs> I just couldn't. I wouldn't want to know until the last. I don't know. That's funny, though. But that's beautiful, honestly. Like, maybe, maybe I'm shifting my perspective i get it i just talking briefly right now about it i get 
Yeah, that's not really fun. No, nah, not if you're really into something. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. It really <laughs> just <laughs> changed my mind, I suppose. <laughs> wow. This is beautiful. It's just like an episode of Euphoria. Exactly. So, um, I guess I'll give a brief overview of Euphoria. Yeah. Um, Euphoria is a TV drama created and written by Sam Levinson. Um, it's based on an Israeli show, um, and it premiered on HBO on June 16th, 2019. And it stars an ensemble cast, including Zendaya, Hunter Schaefer, Jacob Eldori, and Alexa Alexa Demi? I think it's I Demi. De- is that right? I th- I've heard Demi and Demi. I think I know, it's like, Demi, though, because Demi? it has an E on the end. Yeah. Demi. Demi. And um, it's Demi Moore. So right. I don't know. Yeah, I know. I don't know why. That's where my brain went as well, to Demi Moore. Um, and uh, the series follows a group of high school students through their experiences of identity, trauma, drugs, friendship, love, and sex. So there it is. That's Euphoria. In a nutshell, pretty much. Yeah. But what do you think about Euphoria? I I love it. I feel like it's been so long since I've been able to feel like completely engrossed in a series or like a, a television series that's really grabbed me. Mm-hmm. I feel like it's just written so well and acted so well and just visually it's stunning. Like it's like watching a piece of like cinema, which I love. So it's just like so many things in one. Um I've been having so much fun watching it, and I don't know, I just feel like it's one of those shows where I really look forward to the next ep. Like, I'm, like, on the edge of my seat and just, like, I don't know. It's funny being late to the party on it, though. You know what I mean? Because this was, like, oh, 2019. I didn't watch it in 2019, but... um, Well, it was crazy because, yeah, we both are surprisingly late to the party on Euphoria. Like, in the beginning of the month, we both started watching season one, mm-hmm. but quickly i think i i even like told you i was like oh we're not gonna be late to the party anymore because i'm already done with season one and on to season two and we i ended up like we both ended up being like able to watch the season finale with with the rest of the people so i know we caught up that's amazing we were not late to the party after all you know what i think it is though i think it's like people being like oh it's so good you gotta see it and then my resistance Every single time, I just, that makes me not want to watch a show. Even if it looks good, I'm like, don't tell me what to do. I'm the same way. Well, yeah, you know this about me. I, you know, sometimes I get it. Like, Game of Thrones, Mm -hmm. I'm not going to watch that. Yeah. Especially because you told me to. Yeah. Other shows, like, An Emily in Paris, I get why people would tell me to watch it. (laughs) <laughs> but remember, I told you to. I feel like we've had this conversation but you've before. Also right told on this me, oh, we have because you told me <laughs> to unwatch it because you saw one YouTube video. Yeah, it was like propaganda, and you didn't even watch it for yourself. I know that's terrible. But like, I love a problematic show. I love, you know, a problematic it girl like Emily in Perry. Yeah, but um, you know what? Someone told me to watch it. And said it was right up my alley. And I was like, I agree. And then I didn't watch it. You know what's funny, though? You told me to watch Euphoria. And I just, like, I trust your judgment over a lot of people. Oh, yeah. So, like, if you tell me to watch something, it's way different than other people that, you know what I mean? Just tell me I know. to watch something. It's just, I don't know. It has a different effect. It really? means more. Yeah. Oh. I think, well, I think, like, when this show came out in 2019, 
I was really captivated by the visuals. And like at that time, everyone was like, oh my God, look at the like glitter tears Zendaya's doing. Mm-hmm. And just like the makeup of it all and the just the cinematography of everything. Especially in season one when we were like, oh my God, this is like skins, but like with like moody lighting and like it's really yeah. artistic. And I was like, oh, Brie would vibe with this aesthetic. I do. I love the aesthetic. But crazy enough, I, like, hadn't watched it, but I don't know why, because, like, I also, and I love a good teen drama. Like, I loved, like, a gossip girl. I watched Skins. I I don't know. I'm so confused as why uh, before this month I hadn't watched Euphoria, because I really enjoy the series, and I think this show's really special. I agree. Something about it just feels really special. I, I don't know. It's hard to just say, like, it's one thing, because I feel like it's everything. Like, the cast is so good. They're so good. Like, so many, like, and they're young. These are, like, I don't know if I talked about this on the podcast. I talk about this all the time in real life, though. Like, the it factor. Like, there's no, like, it guys and girls right now. There's no, like, young Hollywood that actually, no offense, matters. (laughs) There's no, like, really, like, charm. I don't know. Just effervescent, like, charming, like stars right now all of these young people are so talented too like they're they pop on screen Mm -hmm. you just but they're also really good actors and i think season two kind of proves just like as as the story arcs develop and you know everything it's just i don't know i'm so impressed with the acting same like it just it gets better and better Mm -hmm. i don't know but yeah i'm in love with the show right now (laughs) Um, do you think it glorifies like drugs and stuff? I know that's like the big, like the big hot button issue right now. I I don't think it does. I mean, I think if you don't really watch it, like if you're, like I know there's probably a lot of parents that are worried about their kids watching the show and things like that. I think if you're just like watching it passively and you're not really paying attention, which honestly. I don't know how you could do that because I always, this is what happens when I try to watch Euphoria and I'm like, oh, I'll watch it. Maybe I'll work on something or do something. I will have Mm -hmm. whatever I'm trying to work on in my hand and my eyes will be glued to the screen and I won't look down once. Like I will be so like engrossed in the show that I just like everything else disappears around me and I'm in it. You know what I mean? So like same. I don't know. But I feel like maybe if you're not really watching it for real you just see it on the tv a few times you're like oh you've read about it oh it's about drugs and sex and unrealistic like teenage like what teenagers are doing but i think it's like well i know like sam levinson like a lot of it is he's marrying kind of reality and fantasy mm-hmm. so it's not completely grounded in reality like it's a lot it's of not perception and like emotions and stuff um but as far as drugs go i feel like it does the opposite like i feel like it kind of Makes you think twice about doing drugs because you see Rue struggles so much and the effect it has on her and her family and how she feels about herself. And it's it's like while in the moment, the way it's filmed makes like a drug look kind of beautiful or fun. Like, you know, maybe she's floating or like there's, you know what I mean? You get different visuals like the, the glitter tears look cool and stuff. But it's like once it wears off, there's consequences. Like it's not mm-hmm. like completely like fun i don't know not at all i don't even think those scenes really like it's like beautiful and ethereal a little bit but i feel like reality comes crashing so hard that Mm -hmm. it's hard for me to be like oh yeah it glorifies that because you really do get 
you do understand that she's struggling and you see the struggle so much, especially like on other people and how it affects her family and how it affects her and just like, Mm -hmm. I don't know. I don't think they glorify it. I do think it's like a clickbaity kind of thing to say. Mm -hmm. Also, the show's not for teenagers. It's for like us. True. It's for us who are the same age as the actors. actors. That's so wild, though. The teenagers. Because it's like a teen drama, though. I mean, teens must be watching. Maybe. I, I have a feeling it's a lot of 20-somethings. Yeah. That are just, like, engrossed in it. Maybe teens are. I don't know. I don't maybe, know either. A lot of people are watching, though. So maybe it's, like, the demos, like, crazy. I think I overheard our little brother watching. <gasps> so, really? Yeah, I'm pretty sure him and his friends were watching it because I heard he was ahead of me a couple episodes because no! once I got to those episodes, I like the soundtrack and things that were happening. I'm like, I heard like noises coming from his room. I'm like, what the hell is he watching? Did you hear like, labyrinth? <laughs> yeah, I heard like labyrinth and like, you know, people having sex. I'm like, what the hell is he watching? <laughs> the same thing you're watching? <laughs> and then, yeah. And then I like a couple episodes later, I'm like, oh, this is the same. This sounds familiar. Okay. Wow. Wow. But we've never actually discussed, so I don't know. Oh, my God. I need to text him. Yeah. (laughs) Just randomly be like, are you watching Euphoria? (laughs) Have you seen the finale? Come on our pod. We shouldn't have, like, shooed him away. I know. We should have said, hey, come come sit with us. Damn. Yeah. Well, uh, next time. I lost my train of thought about, like, the glorifying whatever. Hmm. Yeah. I don't know. It passed. Okay. but Like a ship in the night. (laughs) But we, I guess we both agree. It just we don't think it does. No, I think that's just like a clickbaity title for people who haven't watched it. Yeah, I agree. Do you um want to talk about the production of it all or? Yeah, yeah. So like you said, it was written and directed by Sam Levinson, which is kind of crazy. It's like written and directed by him. Right. He's really yeah. involved in this. Yeah. Well, and I like I looked up. He doesn't have like. I don't want to misquote, but it's like he doesn't have a breakdown or anything when he, like, presents things, mm. S- like, for each episode. So everyone's just kind of, like, scrambling and, like, creating. That's kind of crazy to me, though, because, like, the DP, the director of photography on this, is so good. Yeah. Uh, what's his name? Oh, yeah. Oh, sorry. It's uh, Marcel Reeve. Rev? Mm. But, but I thought it was really interesting, like, the cinematic quality. Like, I don't see that in, like movies sometimes i know i mean i just love it that it's on that like the the 35 millimeter film it's the kodak ectochrome yeah so good yeah i I feel like it gives a whole vibe to the show like i don't know i feel i have such a love for just like film in general like that process like in photography in cinema like i think it's I mean, digital's great, but there's something beautiful about film, and it just, the way the grain and the light gets through the lens, I don't know, it just, it's hard to just put it into words, but I feel like it has a special artistic quality. For sure. I mean, you're the resident film girl. <laughs> I also love, like, like, talking the resident with my hand, photography like- <laughs> girl. You're just like, mamma mia. <laughs> if only they could see us. Yeah. But yeah, they they shot all of season two. On film. And and I think like that Kodak Ektachrome or something was going to be discontinued or was discontinued and and like they brought it they, back. they brought it back or there was some story about that that it was kinda hard to get at some point. But what are your thoughts like shooting 
all in film for season two. I know that the um, intention was to make season two feel more like a memory, mm. but it, I feel like it definitely did to me. Like, but um, I'm sorry. What was your full question? I didn't mean to cut you off. No, <laughs> just like my thoughts on. Um, yeah, just what are your thoughts on it? I I love the choice to shoot. Like, I'm here for anything shot on film. Like, I'm never gonna be upset if someone decides to shoot film over digital. I will probably be more excited. It's just what I like. I don't know. I think I have a preference. Because I think there's a lot of, um, there's an art to it. And there's a lot of things that you kind of, I don't want to say you're necessarily working against you, but kind of, you know what I mean? Like you have kind of less control over some things, but like the results are so worth it. Like it's kind of more work in a lot of ways, but it's, I feel like the results are worth it. Do you think also you don't, is there something about, about that process because you do have to work for it more but also like you don't really have the time to like with digital mm-hmm. sorry you could be like a little more nitpicky i guess mm-hmm. if that makes any sense yeah like does it get you out of your head in a way like is it more of like an artistic process as a whole than digital or i think so yeah well because i think like when you i don't exactly know how they do it now with because i haven't I've only worked in, like, film photography, not, like, you know, I haven't filmed anything using film, even though I have this little, I think it's, like, from the 70s, something I found at the thrift store, one of those old camcorders, Ooh. which I would love to try to get working one day, but um, an experiment with that. But I think it is, like, um, it's a different process. I mean, it's, I think they have to stitch, I don't know if they hand stitch the frames and stuff. I know in movies they do, in a lot of movies when they use film but i really don't know what it's like but i'm sure it's like more involved it's like the actual creative process yeah not to to knock digital oh no 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 i mean i like digital and it's you know it's fine but i do agree there is something about things being shot on film that's that's magical and you can't get that with digital yeah but it's interesting and because i'm not like a photographer I don't know why, so I like hearing about that. But yeah, according to director of photography Marcel Rev, season one was very in the moment and had a present feel to it. Season two feels like some sort of memory of high school. Emotionally, the Ectochrome film felt like the right choice. Yeah, I think, well, in the first season, it felt already kind of like it was on film, like it had those vibes. So like, I'm not really surprised that it went that way. For sure. Well, and I feel like with Euphoria, it's kind of like the Stefan, so to speak, of um of TV shows. Like it has it all. Yeah. Like it has like like the production quality, like the cima- cinematic elements, and like the storytelling and the acting and the soundtrack. It like has it all. Right. Yeah. That's another thing. Just like the way it's shot, and then you add the soundtrack to it. Oh, which like Brie. Yeah. What do you think of the soundtrack, Miss? You mean taking it all, taking it all for us, doing it all. Anyway. Oh, my God. So good. I cannot get those songs out of my head. Whoever Labyrinth is, I am like, I love this man. I love this man. Like, thank you, Labyrinth. Like, I will listen to, because of you, though, because you kept singing all for us for like a week straight. Yeah. I was like. 
Uh, and then I get the other songs in my head. Mm-hmm. Like, what is that song? Forever, I think, on the f- season one soundtrack. Like, there's a couple. <laughs> that one? <laughs> yeah, there's a couple, like, bops, you know, where I'm just like, oh, I'm just going to listen to this whole song. What about the one that's like, um, oh, gosh. It's like, um, uh, Mount Everest can't something that got nothing on me or something. I don't oh, know. yeah. <laughs> they all kind of blend together. But, like, I love that because it is so, like, Euphoria is so cinematic and every time, like, a Labyrinth song is playing, it's, like, one of those sequences that does feel like a dream or, like, a film. So I feel like all the Labyrinth songs just, like, coalesce and, like, turn into one big Labyrinth song and a little bit has Zendaya in it. I agree. Like, it's... And, you know, it is cool to hear her sing, too. Like, she's actually really good. I had no clue that was Zendaya. I didn't either. I was like, wait a second. The way she's, like, lip syncing this, like, when you, like, at the season one finale, when they just are all singing all for us, and there's that big dance sequence. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I was like, wait a minute. She's singing this like this is her song. Is this her? Because it kind of does sound like her. But I was like, I didn't know she had that musical ability. I mean... I didn't either. Like, I'm surprised. I mean, I know she was on Disney Channel, and don't they make all, like, Disney Channel people sing? True. But I never heard her sing. Yeah. I was blown away. She was good. I, I'm just so impressed with Zendaya. I know we'll talk about that a little later, but, like... I know. Every second I can be like, she's great. I, I'll just, like, say that. I'll just pepper it in there any chance I get. Oh, my God. She was so deserving of that Emmy, too. Like, mm. oh, my God. For real. I, I love her. But yeah. But yeah, moving on to like the makeup and like wardrobe oh, of it all. Unless I you want to talk. Say. Oh, you did? Just a quick yeah, I just I just want I'm sorry. <laughs> no, it's okay. I was just gonna about say about like, Labyrinth or just the music in general? About the music in general. Cool. Oh, I was just gonna say like like you know, like your point about Labyrinth being like one big kind of Labyrinth song throughout. Like Yeah. I like how they like weave Labyrinth and kind of like older songs too. Oh, like they use like hip hop and stuff. They use hip hop, they use like rock. And I don't know. I just think it's cool that they have a variety of, like, music. I It was interesting. I noticed a lot in season one they do, like, Y2K era hip-hop, essentially. Yes. that's. I think that's what got me interested. Like, I don't want to say that was the only reason I was watching, but that definitely <laughs> Well, helped. Drake is producer, like, executive producer on the show. Yeah. So, you know, Drake knows his music. Makes sense. But I did notice in this season, like, there'd be Labyrinth songs, and then there'd be, like, like a, like a, an old school, like, rock song. Yeah. Like, I even think the promo, it's like, it, it doesn't rain in Southern California, that song. Yeah. I think, I think, yeah, that's in the promo. There's some interesting choices, I thought. I like it, though. It really fits. It does. I don't know how they, like, select it, because I know, um... I read somewhere they have like up to maybe thirty-seven tracks per episode, depend like as the mm-hmm. at most I think. So I, I just think that's wild because like when you are in one episode, each episode's like an hour, mm-hmm. and the amount of music in just an episode can be a lot, but you don't really realize it. But however they chop it in there is just like genius. It's so good, so good. And then all the labyrinth in there too, just to tie it together. Oh, anyway, I don't know. That's all I had to say about the music. Just yeah, it impressed me. Loved it. But yeah, Nick, take it away with the makeup and wardrobe. <laughs> sorry. <laughs> no, no, no. I'm sorry for like, like cutting you off. No, you're good. 
But yeah, like the makeup and hair and the wardrobe mm. is, um, I really enjoy it. I really like it. I think it's, for lack of a better word, iconic, actually. Because I think, like, it really, you you can know when someone's like, oh, do your euphoria makeup. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm talking about, right? Oh, yeah. So, like, I think it's become one of those things, or it's going to become one of those things where where this show is going to be, like, iconic in that way. It's for its, like, makeup. I agree. I feel like the makeup is very, um, it's very distinct, and it's really, it's cool. I don't know what it's so cool. how to describe it, but it's really cool. Um, do you have, like, a favorite makeup look from Euphoria? I'm trying to think. Think. I know there's like a lot of different ones though. I, you know what? I always like Cassie's makeup, mm. and I always really like um Jules. Like I think Jules has some really fun, like like little. I love the little details with Jules and her eye makeup. Yeah, like there were like little. In one of them, there was like faint little white, like. It almost looked like a little cloud under her eyes in one of them. Yes. And I thought that was really fun. Or just like the tie. I love it when they do the wing and like the tiny little rhinestones. Mm-hmm. But like then I. Yeah. Yeah. But then I love like the. In like season one, especially like Jules would do like all over red eye. Mm-hmm. Which I also loved as well. I love that. I want to recreate some Luke's. I do too. I have those like. Like um Halsey's makeup brand yeah. about face. She has these like eye paints and I have like a blue one that looks like a euphoria blue, like something Cassie or like Maddie would wear. It does. I think I didn't I did I borrow that you one? You did Is that the and one it looked I, great. I was really trying to do Euphoria that one day when we went to see Casey Musgrave. Oh my god, Casey Musgraves, when we went to see her, everyone was in Euphoria makeup. Like the whole Euphoria has on the the makeup of uh of people at the moment. I'm here for it, though. I don't want the makeup looks to go away. Like, I think they should stick around a while. I think they will, actually, because they are so impactful, I think. I think so. Well, it's your favorite. I also really love Jules's look. I also, Kat's look, too. Like, I like her, the way she does her eyeliner. Yeah. Like, the neon kind of bold colors and stuff. Like, I don't know. I think it's really cool. Um, oh, and I love Maddie's eyeliner, too. Yeah. Dude. Hers is always on fleek. Which, like, I heard that she, like, does her own, like, cat eye sometimes, like, in the trailer and stuff. Oh, wow. That's awesome. Iconic. So, she doesn't need the makeup artist to do that? I guess not. But, yeah, Donnie Davey is the makeup artist for Euphoria. Mm. And, actually, she's, like, starting her own makeup line called Half Magic. So, maybe I think you're right about people just going to be euphoriaing it up well because we have so long we have two years until season three so we're gonna have to like yeah i see you i see you uh (laughs) that is sighing this is too long i don't know what i'm gonna do with my life until then because like i I just don't know it's gonna be such a hole i didn't even think about it i'm still on like a like a season finale high right yeah i'm on the high right (sighs) now so i'm like i can't imagine um this show has been, like, my life for the past, like, three or four weeks. Yeah. And so I'm like, after this, then what? What is the point? I know. What is after this? I don't know. I have to start a new show or start a, I don't know, watch some films. We have some films to watch, oh, actually. That'll be fun, actually. We are we are continuing our Academy Awards uh, series. So we have a lot of Academy Award winning 
early aughts movies to watch to fill this void that's true you think the hours and the pianist will fill this void do you think the holocaust will fill this void (laughs) i don't know man adrian brody's nose you think will fill it maybe that'll help it definitely will help it will help he has a good nose (laughs) let's think about that one moment of silence for adrian brody's nose (laughs) but but yeah before like we talk like like okay we were talking about this before and we were like, how do we talk about Euphoria kind of in general or do we just talk about the finale or season one, season two? Do we split this up? And we were like, I don't know how to talk about this. Right. Like pretending like we don't know what happened yesterday in the finale. Right. Like, I feel like it's such like a soap opera in that way where everything just like expands and expands and like expounds upon everything so like there's no going back once you've seen an episode so it's like so hard to be in that like season one mindset i can't barely think about season one now because i'm thinking so hard about season two in the past like three eps especially the finale so we know too much we know too much about these people now you can't go back right which which i love like this is a very interesting prospect i don't i don't think i've experienced a lot but if we can go back in time what is what are your thoughts on season one? Hmm. I mean, season one, I really enjoyed season one. I, I liked how, like, each um, ep kind of introduced the characters and you kind of get a look into their lives and how they kind of became who they are. You know, that was kind of fun. Um, I have uh, I have a few notes. Um, I like the, the episode on Nate. I mean, even though I feel like he's, you know, kind of psycho, it was cool to see his backstory and understand him a bit more, you know? That's one of my favorite episodes. I really enjoyed that episode. Yeah. I always think, too, just like when he walks into the party, like the lighting and the, I don't know. I know it's, it's, I feel like this show is, it's a lot about the story and the characters, but it's also the visuals are so, like, stunning that it just, it's like it, um... It ingrains in your brain. Like, it's hard to forget, you know, because mm-hmm. it's so cinematic and they have, like, those spotlights or, like, almost like a strobe light effect sometimes. And they do the slow-mo. They, yeah. like, slow scenes down. And when Labyrinth is playing, it just – I don't know. It's amazing. Yeah. It kind of, like, sucks the air out of of the – not of the scene, mm-hmm. but it is this, like, weird, like, pause you get when, like, it goes into one of those, like – visuals Mm -hmm. i guess where you're just like focused on nate and like you're studying him like you're doing a character study on him or on rue or whoever yeah i I feel like however they um paste it out episode by episode like there's it gives you enough room to really um be in like i don't know be there with the characters if that makes like nothing feels rushed like everything is just like but nothing feels, like, long either. Like, oh, this is taking too long, really. At least not to me. Like, No, not at all. I'm always, like, when an episode ends, I'm like, oh, no. Like, I, I want to watch the next one. But it, it's, like, perfectly – I don't know what the formula is. I don't know how they figured it out. But I feel like it captures my attention every second. And, We yeah. get a lot of time to know these characters. Mm. Like, they feel very, like, lived in. And we get yeah. to just, like, experience their, like, their life 
and they, we get to know, we get to know a lot about them and I'll, like spend time with them. And I really love how season one was structured, mm. like where each episode was a different character because you really do get to spend that that hour with them. I feel like that's that's like really rare in mm-hmm. in any show, and especially like a teen show, because they're the characters you kind of get them on a surface level, like even like a Gossip Girl or yeah. something. Like a lot of great characters, but you don't get to like see into their world like that. Mm-mm. No, they're like they're like um, well, kind of like in movies, like a couple decades ago, like a '90s film or like an early 2000s film. It's a lot of like like inspiration or like aspirational characters. But, like, like I feel like with Euphoria, it's not, like, a Blair Waldorf where there's, like, it's, like, on-the-surface writing and just – which I love Gossip Girl, so for just making that comparison. Yeah. But, like, Euphoria, every person has a really, like, like, dysfunctional life. Yeah. And, like, they're broken, but, like, there's a lot of humanity in it as well. Yeah. So, and I feel like we get to explore that. It's not just like spelled out for us. They get to show and not tell. I love that. I feel like that's a great way to tell a story too. I agree. Yeah. Um. I don't know. Did you have any thoughts on season one? Anything that stood out to you? Um. You know what? The carnival scene, like the carnival, yeah. in general, like oh. that. I feel like I was into the show before right but i feel like the carnival like episode is what sold me like yeah. i bought in i was like whatever the show is i'm gonna watch from start to finish just i think that episode really like well it pops off it starts off a lot of things it does but i think that's the first time you really get to see all the characters like interact with each other in one place and it, like, all, like, all the pieces, it just, it's perfect. I think it's a perfect episode. I I agree. I wrote that, like, down, too, as, like, a thought, because, like, the, that episode was just, like, I, I think it's cool anytime you can stay in the same place and not switch up the scene and just for it to be, like, not boring. You know what yeah. I mean? Yeah. And, yeah, all the characters coming together like that, because before, like you were saying, it's, like, you see them... Each character's kind of in their own space. You see them cross over in certain scenarios, but not all the characters together like that. So, and then there's the chili scene. Oh, the chili scene. Oh, uh, I don't know. That seems kind of funny to me. I love that. I mean, go off, Maddie. Right? Oh, my God. Yeah. Maddie's so badass. I love her. And it's all like everything Maddie does is justifiable, pretty much. Like, she's not like. Every time, even though it's, like, crazy, I'm like, they deserved it. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Honestly, yeah. I mean, her uh, Nate's parents didn't even like her anyways, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, it probably isn't, like, maybe the best behavior or anything, but at the same time, it's like... I mean, if you're on Molly, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> whatever. Go for it. <laughs> I love seeing her pop off, though. Oh, I love a good the- Maddie, like, beat down. Yeah. <laughs> Um, but what did you think of the special episodes? Well, I, well, I only saw the, the Rue one. I read about the Jules one. I, I still, I will probably watch it now that there's like no other episodes to watch. Yeah. But I was like kind of still annoyed with Jules. So I was like, <laughs> eh, I'll, I'll, 
I'll check her out later. I don't know. She's I'm not vibing with her right now. Like I feel like I vibed with her so much and then she annoyed me. But um <laughs> uh, I like I don't know, I have a lot of mixed feelings on Jules. But I just wasn't like that into the Jules special episode. Mm-hmm. I think it's because I saw the first one. Like Trouble Don't Last Always is the Rue. That's the title oh, of the Rue special yeah. episode. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think it was like, I, that's like my favorite episode of the show. It was really good. It's, you know, like from an acting perspective and like a writing perspective, it's so good and so like simple. Mm-hmm. And um, I was talking to you before, like the moment like we see Ollie on screen anyways, I was like, I clocked it. I was like, he's a theater actor. Just the way he says his lines and just the way he's acting, I was like. He's a he's a stage man. He's a yeah. thespian. And he is. Um, but just it's like they film this kind of in between season one and season two. So it's like pandemic times. Mm. So they couldn't get a lot of like the cast together or anything because of like the CDC guidelines and whatnot. So it's just Ollie and Rue in a diner just talking about life and talking about – well, basically Ollie telling her like – basically not to be so self-absorbed essentially right and to just like yeah stay alive yeah and then he's like telling her she thinks she's done all these things and she's a terrible person whatever and he's like well whatever you're thinking i've done worse or you know what i mean like you're not talking about anything like i'm i've been there and done that got my t-shirt like you're still young like and you have like every day to like change yeah but just to see like what is his name? Coleman Domingo. Just his acting. Mm-hmm. Just like monologue after monologue in that special episode. I was just I it was phenomenal. He was so good. And Zendaya was really great as well. I agree. They got me like, I don't know, that episode got me in the feels, like because I think she got really vulnerable with him at mm-hmm. a certain point. And then like when he goes and calls his daughter and stuff, like it's just I don't know. And it's like Christmas Eve too, and they're at this diner, it's just the two of them, and they're just really being open and honest with each other and it seems like i don't know like rue doesn't really open up a lot and talk to people so it's kind of and it's like real talk too it's real talk yeah which i like i guess it's a testament to the writing Mm -hmm. too and and just like the allowance i feel like in tv today like yeah it's an hbo show but like this is a show that like a lot of people watch Mm -hmm. and we don't get like this was theater, like, this was, like, or, like, a, you know, just, like, this was acting, and this was writing, this was, like, we don't get time to breathe like this a lot. Right. And to actually think and just to have that, like, like, like I said, they're just doing monologue after monologue, like, back and, like, they're having dialogue, but they're doing these, like, in-depth monologues, and they're just acting, just the two of them. Mm-hmm. You get to actually see acting. It was what I'm trying to say. And I just think that's, like, really rare in this day and age. It was really special. Yeah. No, I totally agree. Like, I I really enjoyed that episode. Um, yeah. They were great. I don't know. I was convinced. I was, like, th- they were really great actors. You're right. We don't get to see that breathing room a lot. But, yeah. I love the scene, too. Just, like, the diner. I feel like they maybe, like, when they zoomed out, they kind of nodded to, like, that painting like with the diner like yeah. that edward hopper painting where it's kind of lonely and they're the only two people like i had those vibes like the 
the framing of it too but it just has like the motel in the background and the i love the colors too like the blue tones and the mm-hmm. kind of greenish yellow coming through oh, it's so good and like i love like like watching that like going into season two mm-hmm. because in like the first season all those episode titles are like pretty much rap songs yeah and then with this like you're saying referencing the painting mm-hmm. they kind of do that they do a lot of literary and like artistic references for like the episode titles in season two yeah so i thought that was like an interesting like transition into like into season two yeah and then there's that um there's the montage in season two with rue and jules like in, oh, yeah and all those paintings and movies and things the titanic yeah <laughs> I don't know. I thought that was really fun. That was really fun. So, so into season two. Season two. But yeah, like, what are your thoughts as a whole on season two? Is it better? Is it worse? Is it on par with season one? I mean, it's it's definitely on par. I mean, it might be even better. I don't know. I mean, I don't. I really enjoyed it. Like every episode, I feel like just keeps upping the ante and. It it feels like uh, like the structure is a little different, and it does feel a little more dreamlike. Like it feels like um, like I know there are some scenes like that I feel like are played in multiple episodes, like the same thing kind of over again, which is interesting and kind of strange to me. But like, it has to have a purpose, I'm guessing. But like, like for Rue when she has like flashbacks to her dad's like funeral and stuff, and she's giving the speech. There's like three different episodes. There where is. They're in, they're in the same setting and everything, and it's like I found that interesting. You know? I know. Like, for me, it's, like, very hard to be critical because I am, like, on this ride for one. But also, like, consistently in this show, they're always taking, like, risks and they're going for it. Yeah. And it seems like you're – like, to your point, they do have – like, Sam Levinson has this vision. Mm-hmm. So I am – I'm too – like, I notice, like, the funeral scene plays a lot. But I'm like, oh, it's for a reason. Or I just, like, trust. I trust this, like, artistic journey in this this story. So I'm just having a good time, so it's hard for me to be very critical about it. Yeah, no, I agree. I'm having a good time, too. I'm like, I don't know. Is it, like, I mean, it might be better, but it's, I mean, it's definitely not worse or anything. Like, I don't know. Season one's really good, and I feel like season two is also really good. I feel like a lot of season one is, like, quote, unquote, perfect Mm -hmm. as far as a show like this goes. And I feel like season two is very good, and they get to play. And I I think I, I really am enjoying it. Yeah, there's, like, a little messiness to it, like, mm-hmm. with what's going on with the characters and stuff. It's not as neatly wrapped up, maybe. Yeah. I mean, I, I dig it, though. Same. Yeah. So, b- I guess mainly before last night, even though there are some, like, loose ends after the finale. Yeah. Like, what were your biggest, like... Well, okay. I'm on Euphoria TikTok, and okay. that's all I'm recommended. And there's always these, like, theories like that ashtray was like nate's brother or I saw that one or that like elliot's nate's brother or that doesn't even make I, any that, sense mm. or that elliot is actually like in cahoots with Lori, the trafficker like what are your do you believe any of these like euphoria tiktok conspiracy theories um okay i don't know about elliot you know i don't know if he's he kind of okay first of all what what kind of drugs is he even doing? Because I'm confused. Because I was under the impression that Rue was doing the harder drugs and he was, like, 
smoking weed i don't know what he's doing though i think do they cocaine have, yeah they're he... doing co- like i think coke right well, okay don't they meet up at the party in the beginning of season two? Oh yeah he's doing cocaine okay or like pills or some- something something he's doing a hard drug okay oh yeah that's right that is how they met okay thank you nick never You're mind welcome. all right never mind for some reason i was confused i just You're like i have this conspiracy theory <laughs> that elliot is stone cold sober <laughs> no but you know there was that scene when he goes to the bathroom and there's like he he like blows the drugs like off the book or not the book the um yeah it's like under something under something yeah like rue had just snorted something and then he goes in there and he's like oh i'm not doing this basically so yeah maybe in my mind that was like oh maybe he's not into certain drugs like he has a limit or something but i don't know i don't know what my point is um i was confused by that scene as well i was like wow is he gonna like be like just say no yeah or just let rue just be a drug addict and he's just gonna help that has to be for a reason though i'm kind of i think he is in cahoots with Lori. like i really believe this conspiracy theory so why tell me oh i just like when they met Mm -hmm. yeah like i think just like when they met but wait wait wait. i have a new conspiracy theory scratch what i just said okay if you think about it elliot has never been in the same room as anyone else except like rue and jules right right even when we see him at the play it could be a figment of rue's imagination i'm saying elliot's not real elliot's not real but what about jules is that not real? Jules and Elliot kissing? And- uh-uh. I don't think that's real. Do you think this is all Rue's imagination? Yes. I don't know. This is just like a crazy, like, Alex Jones-style conspiracy theory. My theory is Elliot's not real. Because no one else has interacted with him. That's kind of odd for Euphoria. Whoa. And, um, and even when he goes to, like, Rue's intervention, who's to say he was really there? Well, okay, isn't there hmm. Doesn't Jules tell uh he tell uh Jules tells Leslie the mom. Yeah, Jules is the one that tells mm-hmm. her. So but I'm confused cuz I thought Elliot was going to say something. So Elliot, Elliot told Jules and then Jules t- okay. Hmm. I don't know. There Nick. might be this, holes in this, but I don't know. Yeah, I don't know, but I like I'm I'm here for this theory. Like I'm intrigued. I'm I mean, yeah. Do you have That's any a fun one? Um I don't know if I have any personal ones. I mean, I think an interesting one though is Ashtray being like Nate's cousin cuz he kind of does I was thinking that too when they brother. show They say he's a br- the brother. Or brother? Oh, okay. I've heard like a couple of things. Oh, have oh, you heard really? the one? Okay. Have you heard um I've heard brother, but I've also heard cousin because they're saying that Lori and um um what's her name? Um Marsha Marsha are sisters. Oh, I've heard that one too. That that they kind makes of sense. look alike. Have you seen the side by side? I have. I thought they were played by the same actress, I'm not gonna lie. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Uh so they're saying maybe that Ashtray is Lori's kid or something. But then they're still kind of you know what I mean? It's like, oh, how do you explain him, you know, being dropped off and like being it doesn't really make sense. It it it's another one. I'm like, well Like conspiracy theories are so fun, but it's also like I don't know, like we should probably take certain things at face value. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. It's fun though. 
Seems really fun. Fun thought. <laughs> but yeah, I'll, I'll try to come up with some. I'll, uh, you know, that's what I'll do in some spare time now, now that I've got all that time. Create two years. crazy TikToks. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, any other theories for you? That's No, that's, that's all I got. What about, um, what characters or subplots are you most interested in? Um, there's so many that I really like. Mm. Honestly, the one that I care about the most. Okay, I want Rue to succeed. Yeah. I want Rue to be sober, and I love her. But I am so into Fez and Lexi. I am a Fexy shipper. To sound like a teenage girl. Like, I love them. Um, I want to see what happens with Fez. So I'm really invested in that storyline. Mm-hmm. Um, also, Cassie. Oh. And Maddie. Oh, and okay. Nate. Yeah. I'm interested to see how that all works out because I think, like, Cassie's spiral mm-hmm. this season is it's really interesting to me. And I just want to see, like, what actually her bottom is and what will happen and just with her and her and Nate how this is going to play out in that way mm-hmm. um but there's no real subplot that I'm like well okay I don't care a lot about Elliot and Jules <laughs> okay that's that's the one I could like take or leave what about you gotcha okay I'm also into Fexy um yeah, I'm a big Fexy shipper. Um, and I definitely like I feel like Fez has really grown on me. Like, I mean, I always kind of liked him, but he just keeps proving I f- like he has such a good heart, you I know. I love Fez. Yeah, I don't know. I I'm really rooting for him and I know we'll get into the season finale and I don't know, I'm trying not to like talk too far ahead about it, you know, cuz I feel like there's a lot that happens there, but um yeah, I'm really invested in those characters as well. Um, honestly, Cassie, I kind of, I'm kind of annoyed with Cassie. I feel like when I get annoyed with these characters, I'm like, I don't really care. Oh, like, really? Do you not care about Cassie at all now? Not really. Not. I, I care about Maddie more than I care about Cassie because I feel like I don't know. Cassie's. I don't. Is it bad that I don't have a lot of sympathy for her? I did. Oh, I don't. Okay. I loathe Cassie, and that's why I'm, I want to see what happens in her storyline. Yeah. No, it would be really interesting. Cause I think you're right about her breaking point or whatever. Like, she probably hasn't quite hit the lowest, but she's pretty much there. She's, I don't know. But I feel like she brings a lot of things upon herself. Um, She does. And I think that's an interesting character study, to be honest. She, like, it's very Freudian in a way, just the way, like, Cassie kind of goes through life. It's very reckless and a, not a lot of consideration for others or herself, really. I don't know. She seems a little like wacky in a way. Like something's off with her. Well, no, I think Cassie bases all her worth on the validation from men mm-hmm. because I think that's like the only like love something with her dad she's probably. ever known. Yeah. I think she has like crazy daddy issues, mm-hmm. but also like. Because he abandoned the family. Mm-hmm. You know, she is always seeking that. Mm-hmm. But also, like, they, even when they do the flashbacks for, like, Cassie as a younger girl, mm-hmm. when she matured yeah. and she got, like, the big boobs, mm-hmm. she only got positive, like, attention a lot of times from men and about her looks. It was, like, a different way. Like, her sexuality and her, like... Oh, Yeah. That's right. And and even in, like, season one with, like, McKay, 
Mm-hmm. It's really interesting. Like, she doesn't know any – like, remember when McKay is, like, really upset about, like, going to college and not being, like, the football star he thought he would be? Yeah. And he just wants to talk, and the only thing she knows is to offer him sex? Uh-huh. It's, it's like, this weird – like, she doesn't know or doesn't have any worth beyond like that. Like, emotional availability is, or something, too. It's, like – It's, like, she's stunted, like – growth wise like she's never had to well because she never probably got affirmations in that way (laughs) do you know what i mean like lexi is definitely the one who you know she's a writer and lexi is like the shy one and you know lexi you know is not as promiscuous so she's probably just inherently gets more like positive attention from adults Mm. And, like, only, like Cassie's positive attention from adults is, like, in that flashback of, like, like the creepy men who are all of a sudden, yeah. like, when she hits puberty, like, wanting to give her, like, long, creepy hugs. Weren't they, like, in her family, too? Like, that mm-hmm. is so gross. That is so creepy. I don't know. That made me – that scene was, like, a little uncomfortable. I'm like, oh, I would there's say, some weirdos in that family. And I am not a Cassie looks-wise, and I don't have a big chest. No. I don't. Same, though. <laughs> I'm a part of the itty bitty titty committee. But even so, I do remember being a kid and like creepy old men like looking at me and being like, you're going to be so beautiful when you get older. Or you're going to be hot when you get older. Like, and they'd be like 20 year old men or like, it, it's just like the way dudes are like this. And I think that part of Cassie's backstory is really like relatable. Yeah. No, that that does make sense. I feel like it says a lot about like. I don't know, just things that are put on women in general, just, you know. It, like, gets imprinted into your brain, too. And I'm sure for Cassie, who just, like, she wants all this love. Well, she said that in that other monologue where, like, all she wants is love. Yeah. What were going to say? That? <laughs> this is so stupid. I was going to say, uh, Lexi chose books and Cassie chose love. Yes. I, just, I don't know anything to reference Matilda. Amen. <laughs> oh, boy. But. Do you want to just get into the season finale? Honestly, yeah. I, I would love to. Cool. <laughs> it's like so hard not. It's like on the brain and just like. No. Yeah. Let's just get into it. So episode eight of season one is called All My Life, My Heart Has Yearned for a Thing I Cannot Name. And it was written and directed by Sam Levinson. And the title's in reference to Mad Love by Andre Breton, mm-hmm. and is quoted by Hunter S. Thompson in his book about the Hell's Angels motorcycle gang. What do you think this title's about? Because I'm stumped. I don't know if I'm I I don't know if I've chosen looks over books. But. Uh-huh. <laughs> no, I've got to agree. I've just got to reference something, and it probably is just like I don't know. Is it like a literary reference, maybe? Or well, it says. Oh, you just said it. I oh, mean, yeah, it's a. A literary reference. It's a literary reference. Hunter S. Thompson, too, is an – or was an author. He did Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas. Oh, okay. Okay. I see. But Andre Breton is a – he's a Frenchman. <laughs> Let me look this up. Yeah, I'm like, I really don't know. I mean, it sounds poetic, though. So it is a book. Um – Okay, it's – Andre Breton is a 
father of the surrealist <gasps> movement. That's why he sounds familiar. Okay. So Mad Love has been acknowledged as an undisputed classic of the surrealist movement since its first publication in France in 1937. Its adulation of love as both mystery and revelation places it in the most abiding of literary traditions, but its stormy history and technical difficulty have prevented it from being translated to English until now. There has never been any forbidden fruit. Only temptation is divine, writes André Breton, leader of the Freelist in Paris, blah, 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 blah. Okay, Mad Love is dedicated to defying the widespread opinion that love wears out, like the diamond, in its own dust. Wow. I don't 100% get it, but you know what? Maybe on a second watch of episode eight, I'll, you know... You know, I'll think about it. This just makes me want to analyze, go dig a little deeper into the titles and and things like that and the symbolism and stuff. So like that, you know, that could be something to do while we wait another two years. Just (laughs) analyze every single, like dissect every single episode title of Euphoria. Exactly. But yeah, no, this episode opens. We're in like Fez and Ashtray land. Yeah. And Custer is trying to get Fesco to reveal his roles, role in Mouse's murder before Faye signals him to keep quiet. Um, and they realize he's a police informant and Ash stabs Custer in the neck, much to Fesco's dismay. And Fesco suffocates Custer to death and submerges his phone in like a big gulp. Big gulp. And um, and then they show like a flashback of earlier Lexi and Fez discussing their plans for the future. And they're both like glad to become friends. So what did you think of the first, like, the first scenes? Okay. Well, <laughs> super intense. Okay. That little boy, Ashtray, mm-hmm. he don't play. He's a little insane, but yeah, he don't play. He's the most savage little child I have ever seen. I don't know. How old is he supposed to be? Like 10, 11, maybe 12 at maybe most? Maybe 12. I mean, he looks like eight, but he's like maybe 12. And he just... He just be straight up murdering people. He's just murdering everyone left and right. He murders Mouse first. <laughs> yeah. And then now he murders Custer. Which I totally forgot he was the one that murdered Mouse. Like with a hammer too, right? Like a very violent. Yep. Like he just like, he has this like, um, this look on his face of like no emotion. Mm-hmm. And he just go boom, like a, like a snake, like, like a viper. You know what I mean? Just like, like he just attacks and then bam, you're dead. It's kind of scary. It is very scary. I mean, like, I understand the world that they're in, but it seems like, especially in, like, this scene and in this episode, like, Ashtray and Fez are, like, brothers and they're in the same world. Yeah. But, like, there's something about Ashtray, like, being, like, literally born into it. Mm-hmm. Like, where he's just, like, murdering, like, straight up murdering people without, like, a blink of an eye or, like, deciding to go full Rambo later in the episode, like... He trusts no one, too. He doesn't, and I think that's, like, a good thing, but he's so, like... I I don't know. I I just... It's it's very interesting to me. I don't know if I can put my finger on, like, am I, like... I love Ashtray, like, as a character, Mm -hmm. because he's, like, a little kid and whatever, and I'm... He's, like, a G. But... (laughs) But there is a part of me that's like, oh, no, like, he really is, like, kind of, like, fucking things up for Fez. Yeah. It's like he's his own authority. Like, you would think because Fez is the older brother, he would, like, run things by or, like, base a move off of uh, Fez. But no, he acts on his own. He's like, I mean, they're brothers, but he's going to, if he thinks he needs to attack, he will. He is, like, like an animal in a way. Like, he just, like, will attack. Yeah. 
I don't know, so savage. I just, I kind of knew it was coming, but at the same time, like when I saw him with that little like pocket knife thing, like, yeah, you just kind of know. He's going to go full ashtray. <laughs> He's going to go full ashtray. Which I had a feeling he was going to die. Did you think, like, did you think that? I saw that. That's a, like a fan theory then. I didn't really think that until he, like, I mean, until the scene where he, like, grabs all the guns and gets in the bathtub. I'm like, oh, this is not going to end well. Like, there's no way. But then he had me for a moment. I was like, oh, maybe he'll get away with it. But I'm like, there's, <laughs> no. yeah. Oh, man. But I just wanted things to go well for Fez. Like, Fez is, like, trying to get to Lexi's production of... Of what is it? Our uh, show? Think, our town? I no, that's another musical. Mm, our life. Our life. Yeah, that's the one. But yeah, I just like, I don't know. I just wanted Fez and like Lexi. Like, I I don't know. I wanted them to like, like have their moments in the sun. Because like, I think it's so cute when like Fez and Lexi in the beginning are talking and like talking about Little House on the Prairie and like wanting kids and to live on a farm and just like, because you know, like. Fez can't really have that life because he's like a drug dealer and like because of his grandma he's like inundated into this world yeah and like Lexi's like so pure but just like likes him for him because mm-hmm. like I feel like a lot of people like especially in you like I want to call it euphoria high but wherever they are in euphoria high they like you know like even Rue who's like a sister to Fez also uses him for drugs you know he's like the supplier of the drugs right so like for Lexi, who doesn't want drugs or anything, just, like, to like him for him. Yeah. It's really, like, beautiful. That is really sweet. You're right. She doesn't even want the drugs. <laughs> That's how you know it's real. I know. No, but I think he, yeah, it's, I really enjoyed, too, like, the episode where we see, like, we get his backstory and stuff, you know, because. What, the grandma? The grandma. And she's so badass. Like, it's cool to see where he gets everything from, you know? <laughs> it's not what I expected. No, I loved it. And I loved that it was like the lady from The Sopranos. Yeah, that's right. I was like, I know her from somewhere. And it made so much sense. It was very uh, convincing. Mm-hmm. But, I loved it. Yeah. I don't know. I'm rooting for, for Fexy. I want them to live their best, like, farm life or whatever their dream is, you know? So if we are talking about, like, the Fez of it all. Yeah. So, so like... Fez, like, is pleading to Ashtray to surrender to the police and, like, is, like, I will – he, like, takes the box cutter and, like, puts, like, the blood on his hand. Fez yeah. is, like, I'm going to take the blame. Like, you, you know, be quiet. Yeah. Um, But Ashtray, like you said, like, completely disobeys him and hits him over the head and, like, he, the, he takes all the guns and Ashtray basically is, like, when the police come in, he's, like – in the bathroom in the bathtub like gonna go full rambo and like do a shootout yeah so i love that commitment though i love that like i don't know that he's just like this little kid and he really just thinks he's gonna kill all these cops and stuff. i don't know i'm like this is not very realistic but he's really going for it like oh, i hated it because he he actually shot fez he's the one who shot fez oh yeah that did bother me i was like dang yeah well because he's shooting through the door too and you really can't see what's coming so you're really just <gasps> is it like the title or maybe i'm getting the title like meaning wrong but like you do hurt the ones you love mm. do yeah. you think do you think like that's they should have played that song when that was all <laughs> going on they should have just played you always hurt the ones you love as like fez is on the ground and like you know 
on the dirty carpet. I will like okay. There is maybe this is hairbrained. So reel me in, Brie. Okay. Um, welcome to Euphoria TikTok. So hurting the ones you love is a theme in this episode. Mm. Because like Ashtray loves Fez. Mm-hmm. Like, they have a love for each other, but Ashtray ends up actually shooting him and then gets himself killed. And actually, that's terrible because Fez has basically lost his grandma. Mm-hmm. I mean, she's still alive, but she's like that, like, um, it's like a fish. vegetable. Like, she's like that episode of SpongeBob, you know, the lady who's like, chocolate. Oh, yeah. And um, so, like, the two people he loves most in the world, now he doesn't have. That sucks. He's also probably going to jail. Mm-hmm. you know got shot physically hurt yeah physically like, and physically hurt the ones you love and then like with lexi because all this is taking place fez is not he's like a no show at the play so that's ultimately kind of like a a bummer for lexi mm-hmm. but also cassie kind of leading into cassie like cassie like is like heavy breathing on the on the glass to try to get in after last episode to like the auditorium and like comes in and messes Lexi's play up mm-hmm. and embarrasses her. I don't know. Maybe I don't know. And let they like are sisters. They love each other. I don't know. Yeah. You hurt the ones you love. You hurt the ones you love. <laughs> yeah. Do you want to talk about the the Cassie and Lexi of it all? Oh yeah. Um you know, you can kind of tell at the very like opening of that scene where she's Excuse me, looking through like the window of the door and stuff, you know what she's about to do. The way she huffs and puffs. And then as soon as like I love how they slow it down though. So it gives you time to that anticipation. And then she just gets right up on there and just mm-hmm. like I don't know. She like calls Lexi out and I, it's funny though to like for the people watching thinking that it's part of the play at first. I know, they're like so confused. Yeah. Well, because you have like the girl that's playing Cassie up there and then you have Cassie and then the mom gets up there. Suze? She Suze. Oh my god, my favorite character. I love Suze. She's so great. She cracks me up. She's my favorite. I like I love Suze. I just want to say Ethan too playing Suze. So good. Give him all the flowers. That was my favorite part, if we're just mentioning like last episode. Mm-hmm. The holding out for a hero hero scene. Oh my god. Iconic. That was so great. <laughs> so good. But yeah, Lexi goes up on stage and it ruins Lexi's play. Yeah. Very like, very see you next Tuesday move. Yeah. You mean Cassie? Oh, what did I say? Lexi? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I I knew what you meant though. No, I think, no, I think I said what I said because according to Cassie in her warped brain. Yeah. Lexi is ruining Cassie's life. True one fail swoop like with this play and it's all about cassie it's all lexi's fault Mm -hmm. like i felt so sad like tell me what you think though i don't know like you remind me of cassie a little or not cassie Cassie. (laughs) is it my big boobs it's your big boobs um and your long blonde hair (laughs) damn it not again um but you remind me of lexi in a way of just like the introverted like bookworm yeah but what were your thoughts on like like her like it hurt lexi's feelings lexi was like in tears and the girl was like the show must go on oh well you know what okay which i mean i guess if like 
I don't know. I feel like Cassie's really self-centered and she's just kind of obviously I'm not surprised that she was upset, though. I mean, if you're going to make a play and you're not going to let people in on some of the things you're going to put up there and some of it is personal and stuff. So you probably I feel like people would be upset. Like, that's natural. But you probably wouldn't go up there and ruin like I think a normal person would probably just be pissed after the show or be like. I can't believe you did that or something like that. Like this, Cassie is like on a whole nother level. Or at least pull a Nate and just leave. Pull a Nate and just leave. Exactly. Yeah, he just got up and left. But like, no, Cassie has got to bring the drama. And um, well, she also can't let Lexi have her moment. I think that's what it says more about. I agree. Yeah, this is like Lexi's moment. And people are really enjoying this play. And I don't know. Yes, it's at Cassie's expense, but true. But is, does Cassie just kind of, I don't know, like I said, she annoys me. I feel like she really like plays the victim in a lot of ways, but it's, she brings a lot, she's like acting like a saint in a lot of ways. And then when they find out, this was my, one of my favorite parts. Oh, yes. So when someone, um, or maybe it was Maddie. She's it was like, Maddie. It was Maddie, right? She was like, yeah, she fucked my boyfriend or something. And they're like, wait, what? Were y'all still together? Or she, but we were trying to get back together or something. And she's like, what? Because, like, on stage, Cassie's like, yeah, but they weren't, like, together. Like, I don't know. She's trying to make herself look better. Mm-hmm. But really, she still looks pretty bad afterwards. Like, I feel like she's just making things worse for herself. Or, like, did you catch the part where, like, Suze is, like, trying to get Cassie off the stage and she, like, swats at her mama and everyone's like, boo, ooh. Oh, man. I heard how everyone – yeah, it was like – everyone's going, ooh. <laughs> But, like, not in a good way. Like, not, like, get her. Like, that, like oh, that's so disrespectful. Like, you can't, like, swat your mama Dang, and, no. like, cheat on your, you know, like, or sleep with your best friend's boyfriend. I didn't see her actually swat her. That is wild. Yeah. The mom was so – she was really trying, though. I love how she's like, my baby wrote all this at the end of the chaos. Aww. She was like, can you believe this is all – Lexi wrote all this. This was all stage <laughs> or something. It was like – Susan's the best. She really is. But yeah, Brie. So like after that, Maddie hops on the stage. Oh my God. And gives her a slap. That was the best part. Uh, She deserved the slap. Oh my God. Such a like a forceful like swing too. I loved it. Smack her up and give her the deuces. But like Maddie's like, I'm going to beat your ass. And like is like running out and like slams um, Cassie into the wall. Yeah. Which, like, I'm not, like, about violence or anything, but I was like, get her. Yes. Like, yes, Maddie, get her. <laughs> I don't know. Like, don't don't kill her, but put a hurting on her. Well, I don't think Maddie's going to kill her. Like, I think she's just going to, like... Yeah. She's got to throw hands. If you do that, you got to throw hands. Wasn't she just like, this is only the beginning or something? Like, well, what did that mean? So, like, you know, later on in the episode, the girls are in the bathroom so cassie and maddie and what's her name cat and lexi obviously has the um like the bloody nose from when maddie laid the smackdown on her yeah and cassie like has like a hurt ankle or whatever and maddie says this is only the beginning in reference to nate Oh. And Cassie. Like, because when Cassie's like, well, yeah, well, Nate broke up with me and, like, kicked me out. Like, what was me? And she's like, it's only the beginning. So, which which I'm interpreting as, like, basically Maddie, like, that, like, whole, like, abusive relationship between Maddie and Nate, mm-hmm. that's going to play out with Cassie and Nate. Oh, like, they might get back together. 
And then break up again or something. Yeah. Like just some BS. Oh, yeah. I for sure think that they're going to have like an abusive relationship similar to Maddie's. Because mm-hmm. also the parallels, like in last episode when Cassie's like looking essentially like Maddie and dressing like Maddie. That was weird. But yeah, that makes sense. So that's my thoughts on that. I could, okay. That, that makes sense to me. Yeah. I don't know. But I, I feel like Cassie did deserve that beatdown. <laughs> so, like, okay, so all that chaos ensues, right? Mm-hmm. Maddie chases Cassie out there. Sue's is like, yeah, this was all planned or whatever. Lexi's crying. And then, like you were saying, her um, AD, right, was like, what, what was her name again? Oh, I can't think of her oh, name. I want to say Bobby? Bambi. No, but it's probably Bobby. I don't know. I feel like it's Bobby. But she talks like and i love her (laughs) she reminds me of like every like either like stage manager or whatever that like to ever exist i I don't know can you tell like i'm a former like theater person yeah it was so cute though she was so encouraging i love the people rallying behind lexi too and like i loved how like rue's the one who started like the chant like lexi lexi like it's rue yeah, that that got me in the feels because it's like because they were best friends and stuff, and then it was like I don't know. It seemed like they kind of stopped being friends because of ruse. Yeah, I mean, it, addiction. Not, yeah, it's kind of hard, I guess, to be there for someone who doesn't, you know, want someone around. I would would think that's how it appears anyway. I mean, like Rue hasn't been a good friend to Lexi like for a long time because of her addictions. Yeah, so I think it's really nice, like, to like see that come full circle. Like, I really like loved that whole like the ruse redemption story in that way yeah because like i thought at the end because the play really is like a love letter to rue it is and like that's really what the play is about a love letter to rue and a and hate mail to cassie (laughs) well it's kind of showing like a mirror on how ridiculous like all this drama has gotten Mm -hmm. and like how ridiculous cassie is yeah and, like, I don't know. But what were your thoughts on, like, the Rue and Cassie? Or not Cassie. Why do I keep calling her Cassie? Lexi. Um, <laughs> the Rue and Lexi of it all? Yeah. I thought it was really sweet, like, seeing their moments, like, when they're sitting on top of, like, the buildings and just talking about life or, you know, I don't know. Seeing Lexi being there for her, like, Rue and she lost her dad. Like, all that stuff. It was like, oh, wow. She was a really good friend. Like, she was paying attention this whole time. Like, we don't really get to see their friendship. Like, like in season one, it's kind of like Rue stops over and gets, like, a cup of, like, pee for, you know, to pass a drug test from Lexi. So, it's like, you know, we just haven't seen a lot of their friendship, like, what it was like before all the Michigas. So, it, it is nice to see, you know, and I feel like... Yeah, like, it does come full circle, especially with Rue kind of being clean, you know, at least for for that moment, you know? It was, it was really sweet. Got me in the feels. But yeah. Yeah. I don't Sorry. Know. I don't know what to say. I was like, thinking about that. Yeah. I don't know. I, <laughs> what did you think about it? About Rue and Lexi? Yeah. I just thought it was really beautiful. It was really sweet. And I'm really glad that we got to see that moment. Because, because you're right, like, Lexi has kind of been, like, I don't want to say used by everyone in her life, but either overshadowed or undervalued. Yeah. And just, like, not really paid attention to. 
And, like, Rue's meant a lot to Lexi in her life. And so it was really nice to see, like, Rue actually be there for Lexi and, like, start the chant and, like, just, like, just, like, loving this play and, like, how she says to Lexi, like, this is the first time she's felt her life was, was, like, okay. Or what did she say? Yeah. I, um, you mean, like, when she was talking to her in the bathroom and stuff or? Or she says that, like, what does she say? She says something about, like, how it made her life look. Or how she made her feel okay about her life. Yeah, I know what you're saying. Yeah, that's yeah. basically what, what she said. Yeah. Yeah, that I don't know. It got me in the feels, though. Yeah. Like, yeah. No, I just thought it was really, like, really sweet. It was really sweet. Oh, before we forget, yeah. though. Like, and then we'll talk about, like, Rue at the very end. Yeah. I'm kind of like, do we want to talk about Rue and Elliot? Like, Rue forgives Elliot and they Elliot sings a song that kind of oh. bored me. Yeah, we can talk know. about that for a moment. I mean, I, yeah. Any thoughts? I have no thoughts. I was just like, come on, snooze? I And I love really? Dominic Fike's music, yeah. Oh, it got me. Oh, really? I was bawling. Yeah, this, this, this whole episode, I cried like maybe four different times. I don't know. It just... For some reason, the show really just gets me in the feels hard, and um, I think it's because being I feel so close to Rue for some reason, and like, hmm. and just seeing her story progress, like you know, seeing her struggles and stuff, like, and then seeing like, oh, this guy that was a friend, like he wrote this song, like the lyrics, I feel like have a lot of meaning, you know, like she's trying to recover, like, I don't know. But, it, I mean, it was a bit of a long scene, <laughs> but it, it, it maybe could have been half as long, but it was, it was sweet. I mean, I liked it. Yeah. 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 And, you know, it's funny because I totally, I suspended disbelief. I totally forgot this was Dominic Fike. I wrote a note that was like, to myself, I was like, oh, wow, he, he really should do something with his singing <laughs> ability. <laughs> He's killing it. He should uh, make music. He should really make music. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, like, I am a fan of Dominic Fike and his music, so it's funny that I was like, okay, let's, like, wrap this baby up. Yeah. But I think it's just anytime someone pulls out a guitar and starts to sing, even on camera, where I'm like, whoa, now. I'm, like, triggered. I'm like, <laughs> yeah. no. No. But but before we forget, before we kind of, like, tie all this up with a bow, like, we can't forget Nate and Cal. Oh, yeah. The whole Nate-Jacob storyline. Oh, boy. Yeah, that was wild. So, yeah, Nate confronts Cal with a gun and the flash drive containing all of, like, Cal's activity. Um, I'm assuming the jewels? No, maybe not the jewels. Maybe just the stuff with... I'm thinking everything. Everything, like, all the tapes from the the desk. Just are all on this external hard drive? Or the flash drive? Yeah. I'm thinking so. My theory is... um, that Nate, Nate might have already had a copy. You know what I mean? Like, there's some weird stuff going on with those two. I don't know. That's like, he's true. already watched all those and he puts them back. You know, you know, when they show the scene where he like, I mean, he's younger, but he goes through them and is like putting them back. I'm like thinking maybe he made his own copies. Huh. I mean, that's not right. But like. To just get his dad? Because like, okay, so Nate drives up to Cal, like the construction site. Yeah. Like loads a gun. So we think it's kind of like a fake out. Right. And then and then shows like he's like shows like the flash drive to Cal and is like basically like this is my revenge. 
And then he, like, tips the police off and the police come in and arrest Cal. Yeah. But I just – I – the more and more this, like, Kate – or Kate, Nate, like, villain story kind of go like, progresses, the more I'm like, wait a second, he's still hung up on this? Not that it's, like, not a big deal, but, like, he's just, like, really – why is he so crazed? About Cal, is it all the daddy issue stuff? It, it has to be. I mean, wouldn't you be pissed too? I mean, like, I, I mean, I don't know. It, there's a part of me, like a, a big part of me that's kind of like, yeah, Cal deserved it. Cause, just because he's, he was a shitty father. I mean, he just kind of, he abandons like his family. He's like, because of his stupid issues about his sexuality, like, it's just so ridiculous. It's like, you don't have to be so black and white about it. Like, I know he's been living, like, this secret double life and stuff and whatever, and he has his own struggles, whatever. But still, it's, like, you I, – I feel like that scene where he, like, ditches the family, basically, and kind of puts everything on Nate. Like, Nate's the problem. Like, I mean, he he had a kid, you know? It, that's kind of your fault, in a way. I mean, I, I know they kind of flash back to how it all happened and stuff, but still, like, you can't really pin all your problems on your kid like that. Like, I feel like – I do kind of feel for Nate. Like, yeah, for sure. So I can understand him being upset and wanting to do something. I don't know if it's really, you know, I guess it's like loyalty. One of those things. Like, do you really, how loyal are you? But what does family really mean? Like in their disjointed family? Like it's, I don't know. And I guess loyalty doesn't really mean anything when Cal can just like snap and like leave the family. Yeah, I feel Just like so easily. I feel like it's more about that. I feel like he's like, why have I? Because he said something like, "I've been standing up for you. I've been trying to protect you this whole time." And like, fuck that. And because you're not gonna change, you are who you are. But I think he means it more. Just like, you're gonna do what you're gonna do. You're like, you left this family, so like, I don't know. I'm not entirely mad at this choice. Like. <laughs> Yeah. I mean, there's part of me that's like, oh, that's probably, you know, you probably shouldn't do that to your own your own father. But then at the same time, I'm like, wow, well, he's maybe he does deserve it. I don't know. It's also like a long time coming. Yeah. Really? Like, I don't think it's really wrong what Cal did, even with Jules, which I'm assuming is the minor. Right. Because Jules kind of was si- like signing up for that life anyways. Like, it's not right. But right. it's like. It, it wasn't, like, malicious of Cal. Like, Cal honestly didn't know. Right. I feel like this really just is, like, a revenge for Nate. Mm-hmm. You know, like, Cal doesn't deserve to go to jail for liking to sleep with trans people. No. And he shouldn't go to jail for, like, abandoning his family. And I feel like that those were the main reasons for... Like, his sexual preferences and abandoning his family were, like, Nate's. That was, like, that was the reasoning for Cal yeah. going to jail, so. Yeah. I don't know. I, I, I don't almost know. I almost feel like it's, I feel like it's more the abandonment thing is just a feeling. But I know it has to do with, like, the sexuality thing, too. But I also feel like Nate, I mean, he's sexually repressed. He's, like... He has his own issues with his own sexuality, but it's all because of Cal. So it's it like, is. there's that whole dynamic, which is like. Well, and now Nate can't believe himself because like, is he really into like 
into the things like he saw on the tape or is that just because it's like at that age or like but then the thing with Jules but then also like I think he's just so confused he's confused and he hasn't been able to really express himself in any other way that's like not hetero and really you know because I think it is like one of those things it's like sexuality being black and white but it's not it is a spectrum just like Maddie said that one time (laughs) you know Queen Maddie Queen Maddie Yeah, I don't know. That scene was crazy, but I feel like Cal kind of deserved it. In some ways he did, some ways he didn't, like you said. Like, I mean, I don't think those... I mean, yeah. I mean, if he's living a secret life, like, that's, like, his business. Who cares? But I think it is more about, like, his relationship with Nate and just how fucked up it is. And how he handled it, too, and how he handled everything up and... Yeah. Yeah, just... He could have done better. Yeah, for sure. But yeah, so the episode kind of ends with Lexi's play being a hit. Yeah. And everyone just is like in love with, was it Our Life? Our Life. By Lexi Howard. That was so cute. I love at the end how they did like a photograph. Yeah. And it showed like the actual photograph and when they were all like good friends and stuff still. Yeah. Well, and Lexi is good intentioned too. Like that's what I love about this little play. Yeah. But yeah, so it like shows Rue... Like, sitting down afterwards, just, like, in the audience, and Jules comes up to her mm-hmm. and is basically, like, I love you and kind of, like, wants forgiveness and rue. And I really love this. Just, like, kisses her on the forehead and, like, leaves. And, like, in the narration, it's, like, rue stayed sober for the rest of the school year. Yeah. And I just, I don't know. I, like, love – I'm, like, really here for, like, rue's redemption arc. Me too. I I hope she stays on the up and up. I mean, I know we have a whole nother season, so it's going to ha- like hard to believe that that's going to you know, maintain, but it's good to know. And it sounds like she's learned some lessons like with Jules and stuff. Like she probably shouldn't have been in a relationship with what she was going through. You know what I mean? It was a lot. I mean, for a young yeah. person that is a lot, I feel. So, I agree. And I don't think Jules is ready for a relationship really. Like I think Rue wanted more commitment and Jules is more like loosey-goosey. Like she's probably doesn't want to be tied down. I don't know. Well, I think at the end of the day, too, Jules is a lot about herself, Mm -hmm. which I get. You know, I did see half of that special episode. You know, I know. And like I've seen her, you know, story from season one. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I feel like, yeah, they just maybe weren't right for each other. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I like just like loved seeing Rue. Just well, she was like glowing throughout this whole episode too. I like a couple times I was like, "Damn, Cynthia's beautiful." Yeah, she was looking good too. Cause like in some episodes she was looking kind of like like she had seen better days. You they know what I mean? Those dark circles on hard. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, um, I liked that ending. And was that was that it? Was that is that how it um? Mm-hmm. Is that how it ended? It was just like a, kind of a calm ish kind of last final scene fade to black or something yeah it's like zendaya walks out and you kind of see the shot of like the school buses and like the narration man yeah which i like loved like at the start of the episode it was like the fez mm-hmm. like the fez and ashtray like storyline and that was like really intense from the jump yeah. so it was nice like at the end just getting that like like reprieve yeah no i agree it needed to happen at some point because that episode was crazy so good, though. For real. So, like, what are your predictions for season three? 
honestly, I don't know. I feel like, like, I, I really want Rue to be clean and I just, but I just don't know because like, would that make the show less interesting or would that be not realistic because she's a drug addict like i wonder what's gonna happen with her like addiction like i want to know like her struggles like how it's gonna play out um i just i don't know what's gonna happen i mean maddie and cassie have had a spat now finally like an actual fight like so i don't know maybe cassie and nate like you said will you know, get back together and play out that kind of unhealthy relationship all over again. Do you think, like, to parallel um, Nate's mom, like, Cassie will get pregnant? Maybe. And then he just never explores his sexuality and is just repressed for the rest of his life, just like his dad all over again? (laughs) Yeah, well, because, like, even in that shot of, like, like, looking in the mirror... Isn't he, like, faced away from the mirror or something? Like- oh, yeah. That weirded me out, whatever that shot was. Because was it, like, did they do two shots? Um, did they split him into one? Or I don't know what the oh, word they is. they could have. Because it looked I know what you're of, talking about. Yeah. It looked like he was facing one way, but his mirror self was facing. I don't know. I just got a little tripped out. I don't know if that was me or. <laughs> <laughs> it looked really interesting, though. But, uh, yeah, like, I'm I'm thinking that's where the story is going to go with, with Nate and Cassie. Mm. Um, but I don't know. Yeah, I'm trying to think because it's it's a lot. I mean, one thing that I think is interesting. Well, I did. Did you have any predictions? Well, no, but I I do think like season three might be their last season. Like, I wouldn't be surprised. Mm-hmm. Like, they're gonna be almost thirty years old. All the actors. All the actors are gonna be like, if they're twenty, like the approximate age of like a euphoria actors 25 they're gonna be well they're gonna be 27 mm-hmm. but i feel like well an alexa demi like is either gonna be 27 or like in her 30s so like i feel like they're start they're gonna start to age out like maybe that's why they also killed off ashtray because he was looking like huh like in, no but it really in two years he's gonna look like he like is like a fully formed adult. Mm. And I guess that could have worked. But they're just growing up, you know? Yeah, that's true. That makes me think of Stranger Things. Did that yeah. did they ever do anything with Stranger Things? Because those kids are getting older. Um, it's yeah, the fifth season's gonna be the final season. So they're gonna do two oh, sweet. things. But yeah, they essentially aged out. Mm. So and also because like it's gonna take two years because Zendaya is like booked, booked and busy. She yeah. She's a busy gal. Good for her, though. Right? So I think I think season three is going to be the last. And I think they're going to, like, tie everything up a okay. little bit. Tie yeah. up all these loose ends. And I think Lori will come back. Okay. Yeah, that's what I was thinking, too, is, like, it's never addressed. Like, once Rue – so somehow she pitches that idea to Lori about, like, she's basically going to be a businesswoman selling her own drugs all of a sudden like which seems crazy oh, i i don't think Lori bought that i think that was just like a way to like yeah. get her get her hooked mm-hmm. get her into the prostitution or the sex trafficking whatever she's doing yeah that's what i think you know you don't just give a 17 year old like yeah all those drugs suitcase of drugs worth a thousand thousands of dollars he, she's like a literal kid yeah that doesn't make sense i did hear the theory that Lori might do something to gia 
It's like. <gasps> oh, no. The payback. sister. Oh. Because, like, the mom in the episode before this one is like, what? Well, I've already essentially lost you. I'm not going to, like, lose Gia without a fight. Mm. I don't know. So you think something Just might happen thought. to Gia? I don't know. Dang. Maybe. I mean, yeah. I feel like Lori's got to come back, though, at some point. Because, like, it's just not addressed. Like, all the drugs get thrown away, like, by Leslie, right? Mm-hmm. And, um, I mean, that is a lot of money. I don't know. And then she tries to keep Rue and, you know, in the house and lock her up and stuff. So it's like, uh, so Rue escapes and we never get a follow-up on what, you know, does this Lori person, does she come looking for Rue? Like, does she know where she lives? Like, how is she going to get her payback? Like, you just, it's kind of a, it's definitely a loose end. It's a little unsettling. Yeah, and I don't know, like, maybe I'm reading into it too much, but, like, even at the end when Rue's like, well, for the rest of the school year, I was clean. Mm-hmm. It could be, like, outside forces that are, like, going to keep Rue down in season three. You know what I mean? It yeah. could be Lori coming back or or whatnot, but. Right. It really could be. Or, I mean, honestly, I'd love to see Rue happy for a whole entire season. I know that's, like, <laughs> I know, crazy. after all this, like, sadness and stuff and turmoil it's like yeah it would be cool to see her happy for real i know i want to know what happens with fez like i wonder is he gonna go to jail is he gonna like like what's gonna happen will fez will um fexy ever become a thing for real that's what i want to know i don't know honestly i think like angus cloud is like the uh, surprisingly the breakout star of euphoria like i'm in love with him and like good and like fez i'm really like I want to know what happens to Fez. I don't know if I can wait two years. This is going to be so sad. I know. I know. We can write our own fan fiction. We can. Or like Fexy fan fiction. That's what we can do. Yeah. I'm sure people have written some. Oh, I'm sure. Yeah. Just where do they put that now? Tumblr's not a thing. Well, there's always fanfiction.net. Hopefully it's not still sponsored and running. Yeah. That's where I used to read my like um, Law & Order SVU fan fiction. <laughs> that's hot so, yeah <laughs> uh, well do you have any final thoughts before we kind of wrap this up mm, not really just like i cannot wait until season three and it's been a journey yeah it totally has i'm, I'm glad i hopped on this ride i know me too i'm feeling very euphoric <laughs> but um nice yeah thanks well, yeah. So you can find us on the Late to the Party Pod on Instagram, and send us an email with any movie club suggestions. Because we do movie club, we watch a movie and then we we gab like gals about it afterwards, or any show topics at the Late to the Party Pod at gmail dot com. And you can find me at Nick D Jensen on all platforms. And you can find me at Brie underscore Piconi. Yeah, we will see you guys next week. Yeah. Um, Thanks for listening. Yeah. Have a good one. Bye. Bye.